With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on black and white and red all over. I am your host, Danny, coming to you for our one-year anniversary show. Isn't everybody happy and in a good mood for our one-year anniversary? Yeah, let's blow these air horns, man. Being as we're recording, oh, about an hour or so after Juventus got absolutely throttled by Milan at the Allianz Stadium, so... For our one-year anniversary show, which obviously won't be as jovial as we hoped it would be, let me bring in the full crew here of Sam Lepresti. Hello, Sam. Uh, what the fork, Danny? What the <laughs> fork? We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah, I'll keep my thoughts for uh, yeah <laughs> for the uh, pending doom. Pending doom. Uh, Chucks, I hate to break it to you, but we're already in the doom. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, I mean, what can I even say? I, no, yeah, what can I even say? You know, that's uh, doom and gloom all around, really. That's right. Last but not least, Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here as always. Obviously, not in the best circumstances, but it is it is nice to have a place to bend mostly, and also just yeah, one year. That's you know, that's not nothing. Congrats to us all. Congrats to all of you who get to hear our takes. Really, Keep your really you are to the yourself, in this man. one. Keep your happiness to yourself. I don't want it. <laughs> yes, we started this podcast one year ago when Italy was in lockdown. And, well, 
I think outside of why the lockdown happened, I think I'd rather be enjoying those stress-free days of no Juventus football compared to the current alternative. So Sergio, you said you need, you need to vent. So go ahead and vent my friend. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, we all knew that the season was over for, for all intents and purposes. Like we, we, we were all aware that we were not winning the championship this year. So th- this was kind of that, but we had kind of been throttling along and grinding it out. And, you know, the, the last couple of games that they were kind of winning, but they were playing poorly. And, and this, this just felt like that, you know, like that exclamation point, like that. Okay. This is decidedly over. Like, uh, they just got, you know, outclassed, outplayed, outhustled, outcoached. Uh, I don't think anyone really had a particularly good time or game. It was just it was just one of those realizations, right? Like, you know, Rome didn't fall in a day. You know, it was it was falling for a while and then it was the sacking of Rome. And that's kind of like when everyone realized, oh, OK, it's definitely over. That to me is this game. It's like, OK, it's definitely over. Like, there's nothing... You know, there's no ifs or buts about it. This is it for this era, for this, you know, period of of time for Juventus. This is very much an exclamation point. Uh, Decidedly, this is over and they need to, you know, get get it back. They need to start over. And in a way, it, it was, you know, it was almost poetic that it was at Allianz Stadium, that it was against Milan. You know, it, it had to happen. You can't win always. And this was the, you know, the very much the exclamation point that that the season was lacking, I would say. And now we know for sure that, that yeah, that this team is not particularly good. They're not good. Turns out that they're not a good team. And now I think we know for sure that is the case. Yeah. And I think that it's I think that it's well and truly time for a top down rebuild here. And I'm talking about. Everybody, I'm talking about Paratici, I'm in Pavel Nedved, and I'm talking about Andrea Agnelli. And now I would be saying that even if it, if the Super League debacle hadn't happened, I think that the the project has clearly gone off the rails. And I think a lot of his decisions are part of the reason why. I think it was very pointed that sitting two seats over from him because of the, because of the social distancing measures was John Elkin. The man who has the decision as to whether or not Andrea Agnelli remains the president of Juventus. He, he showed up at Continasa uh, not long ago, which isn't unusual. He's there a couple times a year, but it seemed a little more loaded this time. And it's not often you see him in the owner in, in the board box at, at the stadium. You don't see that very much. And I don't think business daddy liked what he saw, you know, between that and between the, the, I'll just come out and say really freaking stupid stuff that the last vestiges of the super league are trying to cling to, but that's a talk for another time. This team wasn't made well. This team hasn't been made well for the last couple of years. The last person that did make the team well is currently making another team well in the other side of Milan, and they just won the Scudetto because of him. It's, it doesn't work. The entire team doesn't work, and there's something really, really interesting that I, because right before we were 
right before we hit record, I was looking and looking and looking, and finally the uh, press conference translations came around. Something that Andrea Pirlo said, I had a different project in my mind and thought I would have a different group at my disposal. Yeah. Hint, hint, hint. That's, that's, that <laughs> is intriguing. Boss. God damn, that's tough. That is that's really cold. intriguing. Now, now he did. Now he did later on in the, the press conference to to give him credit, take responsibility for not being able to get the best out of the group that he did have. But that's that was still a rather pointed and interesting and a thing to to hear out of him. And it does go to show you. You know what? What does this team have? Like the, here, so much of that game, especially in the second half, was just sterile possession in Milan's half, with a bunch of crosses being launched in, and uh, Simon Kiar and and Fikayo Tomore were just just heading them out. Like there was no. There was no impetus from the midfield to, to do anything to break down with the exception of that one shot that Bentancourt had at the very beginning of the second half. You know, this team doesn't have the right combination of players to be able to be good, to be able to, to mount an attack and, and break down a team that has, that's been sitting in, that sits in a block. And, you know, here we come looking at a Milan team that, was not looking good coming into this game. I think that, uh, they'd lost their last two, uh, or, or sorry, they'd lost two out of their last three. They'd gotten blitzed by Lazio, and they'd gotten picked off, come from behind by Sassuolo. And, you know, and a lot of people, you know, watching ESPN FC before the game, you know, everyone was saying that they were expecting either a Juve win or at least a draw. You know, would a would 40,000 angry Juventini have said something have made a difference if it was not COVID maybe, but you know, we've been saying that about a lot of games this year, but the, the, the fact of the matter is this team isn't good enough. No coach would be able to do better with them. That's the other thing. Did Pirlo make a few mistakes today? Yeah. Um, Paulo Dybala looked pretty lively today and yet he came on with 11 minutes to go. That was a big mistake by Pirlo. But th- this is th- this team was not put together properly, and now we're sitting here looking at a place in the Europa League, possibly. You know, no longer in control of our own destiny, no longer in control of the tiebreaker of the of any of the tiebreakers with our competition, and. A financial we're looking and you know a financial situation that looks really really grim and this looks like it's going to take a couple years to get out of it unless the stadium starts cranking out money again when they when this pandemic is over and and they let people back in but this is this is not a this is a badly built team showing to the world that it is a badly built team and heads have to roll for that and it's the people who built it are the ones that are going to have to roll. Pirlo is almost certainly going to be going to be end up being out anyway. We can you know that's that's certain. But it's ups, it's unfortunate and it's not fair to him, but 
that's that's how it goes. But the guys that put this team together, they have to pay the price for it as well because this it, this is it's it's silly at this point how it's just the same. It's been the same thing for three years that the midfield can't create, and they're not, and and nothing has been done about it. It it's time to change this. It's time to get people who will actually put who might put the the team together better than this. Before you go, Chuck, so I want to throw out a couple of numbers that Sam and I were discussing before before we hit record here. Juventus had 16 shots. They outshot Milan 16 to 16 to 10, I believe. That one shot, as Sam mentioned, the the shot by Bentancourt right at the beginning of the second half. This was Milan's first win at Allianz Stadium, which shows you how little of a home home field advantage, and albeit nobody really has a home field advantage these days because there are no fans. But that just shows you how much Milan has struggled at the stadium in years past. And I think from that 16 to 10 figure that I, that I mentioned, the most startling thing to me was that they only had one shot on goal and it comes against a goalkeeper and you can harp on Chesney all you want. It comes against a goalkeeper in Donnarumma who looked just as shaky, if not more shaky in the first half than Chesney did. And they couldn't put anything on frame to save their life. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty grim, uh, grim reading on that one as well. And I think there was another statistic. That you're you're welcome that. for that, by the way. <laughs> oh yes, yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> There's another, um, another data point that I think was shared before the match that it was either ten or eleven straight games without a clean sheet for Juventus. I forget which one it was, but anyway, in the double-digit numbers. Today made it eleven. Today, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. Uh, thank you. So that's, you know, 11, yeah, 11 straight games without a clean sheet. That's almost a third of the season without a clean sheet. I mean, that's diabolically bad. I mean, that's just absolutely, yeah, it's embarrassing at this point, you know, and like, like Sergio said, we basically, all of us had realistically given up on the season and were hoping to just about scrape into the Champions League or into the top four. But yeah, I mean, at this point, it's uh, it's frankly embarrassing. And in terms of the game itself, I thought Milan, the first half was, I mean, I thought both teams were just pretty bad, honestly, First in the first half. Milan weren't much better. The second half, they were obviously, uh, you know, significantly better. But still, I thought, I thought both teams were really not that good. Milan were just less bad <laughs> than we were. And that, yeah, not, I mean, that says something <laughs> really. I think, yeah, neither... Team. I remember in the first half, I was thinking that, and I think I read it on some commentary somewhere, that, you know, someone said, I think it might have been Eurosport commentary that said, you know, it's easy to see why these two teams are the best of the rest and why Inter are, you know, just kind of far ahead of um, of the re- of Milan and, and Juve at the moment because, it, yeah, they really just are just incredibly subpar, specifically just from the game again. I remember Cuadrado and McKenney were, you know, picked apart twice, really just exposed really badly twice in, I think once in each half, where I think they were both drawn to the ball and then just one pass basically gave Teo Hernandez the entire flank to himself. That was just, you know, poor organization again. And yeah, I mean, we, it's just poor defending Chiellini with a, just a really unnecessary handball. Yeah, I mean, you, you could talk about each point one by one. Uh, Morata is, you know, 
I want to say he's almost been flattered to deceive at the start of the season with this, you know, incredible uh, run of form. And then, yeah, now he's looked just pretty normal. Uh, yeah, where where are the positives at this point? Uh, not not very many, and yet and yet we're only one point off Champions League spot. You know, it is just the most paradoxical, just most alternate reality stuff in the world. That despite all the terrible, terrible performances this season, we're still only one point off top four with three games to go, which means that you know technically we turn it on for three games. I mean, I don't know, out of nowhere, just we turn it on, win those three games, and then, you know, Atalanta and Milan are playing each other. I don't know, if, the sw- I don't know if they know where the switch is anymore. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Atalanta and Milan are playing each other in the last match day, so who knows? You know, who knows what happens there? But, yeah, I mean, like Sam said, it's just some real soul-searching necessary uh, in the summer, you know, with, regarding uh, Beerlo's comments, he probably, he probably know. I mean, the man is not stupid. He knows that he's probably out, out the door at the end of the season. So he probably doesn't really care about, you know, saying anything. I imagine, and I hope at least that he'll go to coach the under 23 side as originally planned. That would be nice. I think that would be good for him. Uh, because the, the whole situation, I feel bad for him in the sense that it reminds me of the Gary Neville situation at uh, Valencia quite some years ago, where I think, although I think that situation was more Neville wanting wanting that job more than kind of being shoved into it, as I feel like it was with Pirlo. But still, I mean, I think that set his coaching career back uh, quite significantly. And now he's basically not a coach anymore. You know, it was just too much too soon. And the same thing with Pirlo, just too much too soon for him right now. But yeah, where to from here? Well, obviously, just most practically speaking, uh, transfers, um, just, you know, outgoing transfers. But then, you know, is there anybody, are there players of the required quality available for a reasonable price? I mean, I don't know. And of course, you know, there's, well, there's the revenue hit from COVID and there's just so much going on. And I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this in the postseason review, so I won't go into that right now, but yeah, just, I mean, this was just embarrassing and just, you know, really put it in a very stark reality for everyone involved how bad this situation is right now. Because I wouldn't have even minded it. And I told my friend as a Milan fan, fan of mine, I told him like, you know, I wouldn't even have minded that much if we had lost this season's title by like two points on the final match day or something. Like, like, like the title race in Spain and France and stuff, you know, really, really tight. You know, I would have been like, oh, well, you know, I mean, obviously angry, but Hey, I mean, two, three points, final match day. But I mean, like this, my God, I mean, this is just, this is a, this is a gap of like Red Sea proportions. I mean, my God, it's just, it's, yeah, I can't just, I just can't reconcile this stuff right now. So yeah, I, I, hey, you got me, uh, you got me stumped. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what, where to from here. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and I think that that's the thing, right? It's not only the, you know, the loss. It's not only the fact that they're not going to win Serie A for the first time in 10 years. It's that it's the way they're doing it. It's the way the, the season is, is going. And I, I have to say, I, you know, go, going back to, to what Sam said, I have to say, I, I disagree with, with the notion that, that, you know, no other coach could have done a better job. I, I was very much in the Pirlo bandwagon. I wanted it to work out. I, I you know, I, I wrote a bunch about how I, I really thought that he could pull this off. And not only has, is the team not playing well right now, they have consistently played worse as the season moves along. They legitimately look worse right now than when the season started. And, and to me, if you want to make a case about why Pirlo is, is totally... He's not 100% the problem, but he definitely does bear a lot of the blame. Is that is that this team is playing worse right now than when the season started. And I think that is your exhibit A of, of him not panning out as the coach. Do I think he has good ideas? Do I think he's had, you know, good moments, bright moments? Absolutely, I do. Uh, would I love seeing him, you know, go back to, to coach the under-23 squad or, or maybe you know, take an assistant job next season or something like that. I would love that because I do think that he does have uh, skills. I don't think he's a bad manager. I just thought he was, and I do agree with, with Sam on that. I do think he was put in a bad position. I think that this team is not good enough and he's going to be the easiest scapegoat. That's just a fact. But I also do think that this season, the way this season is going, and if it does end up in, in Europa League, or if this does end up in even no Europe, I don't know. If this does end up there, I do think that another coach, maybe they wouldn't have won the league, but I do think that they would have done better than what Pirlo did. And I say that as someone who not that long ago was very much in the give Pirlo another year bandwagon, but this last few stretch of matches, it, it just, it has shown to me that at this point, I don't think he is, a reasonable, you know, prospect to move on, to continue with the project. I think he, he definitely, I think he definitely has to go for sure. I'm intrigued as to how you think a different coach could have done better based on the, this mix of players. But we, like we talked about this, that we just, they don't fit together. The midfielders are all the same. The, the wide players are all the wide players all belong on one side of the field. The There are three fullbacks, if that, on the roster. Like, like what I, I am, I am genuinely, do I, do I disagree with you in the sense that the team has been regressing and that Pirlo's, at that, and that at this point, Pirlo has, you know, has lost the really, any argument to be able to, to stay on. I don't disagree with you on that, on that point. What I do, what I'm really, I, I just, what I struggle to come up with is how any other coach 
takes this mix of players, all of whom are very talented, but none of whom actually go together and come up with a, di- with a, with a different result this year. I, I do think that, like, like I said, I don't think this team wins the league. I don't think this is the team that is good enough to win the league or I, to make it far into Champions League. I don't think so. What I do think is that a manager who is, again, more experienced, a dude who's just, because we saw it, we saw what this team can do playing a, just a straight up 4-4-2. Just go back to 4-4-2 and just play that way. And we saw that in the few games that Pirlo tried. And then he came back and he started shifting things again. And a lot of it was due to injuries. A lot of it was to COVID. I know, like, I know it's not 100% his fault, but I do think he does have a lot, a significant part of the blame for this season as well, because I, I, I do think that he just, he, he got too enamored with his way of playing. He wanted to, you know, do it his way, his style, and he failed. And I think at some point he had to realize, okay, I can't do it this way. Let's do it some way that I can do it. A very, and I know it's the big rumor and the big thing about Max Allegri being back. I do think a coach like Max Allegri, a dude who's just going to adapt to the circumstances, play it safe, if you will. And and I do think this team, just by talent alone, would have had a better season. Do they win the, the league? Absolutely not. Do they get trampled by Milan 3 0, what should have probably been 4 0 at home at this stage in the season? Are we fighting for Europa League? With another coach, I don't think so. I do think that Pirlo failed in that regards. Is it 100% his fault? Absolutely not. It's, you know, the team build, the fact that he wasn't ready for this job and they gave it to him in any way. You know, obviously he's not the, the biggest reason why the season is going this way, but he does bear a lot of the blame. And I do think that a different coach would have gotten better results. I do think that they would have, you know, they would have been in the Champions League positions by now. I do believe that. I. I mean, I, I respect, I respect your opinion, but I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see how you can work this kind of a group into a team that does better, any better than it's doing now. And, and, you know, maybe that's a lack of imagination on my part because I'm certainly not a, not a soccer coach and do not have the, the wherewithal, the, the, the inside tactical know-how to be one, but at least not now, if I were to actually apply myself, who knows, but not going to do that. It's not my thing, <laughs> but I, I just, I don't see what a team constructed that is constructed with so many flaws comes. Uh, I, I just don't see, I, I don't see anything better than this just because of just because I, I don't, you know, I don't see how a new coach, how another coach manages to come up with a way to make this midfield create more than one chance every game. And again, we saw it even last year. I think the, the, the one person who's coming out looking great out of this whole thing is Mauricio Sarri, by the way. Like, that dude has to be ecstatic because <laughs> this is essentially, <laughs> this is pretty much one super lackluster Pjanic less and one whatever Arthur is more, but essentially this is the same team that Sarri had last season. And look, do I miss Sarri ball? Of course not. That was also ghastly. Like he wasn't the right guy to, for the, for the job either. But I do think that even with the same limitations, I do think that he achieved a lot more with essentially the same team 
minus Chiesa, actually, so arguably maybe a worse team than 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 purely did. That that's kind of my my point because I do agree with you. I, I don't think the you know the team is good. I think it's badly built. And the one and if you want to you know be positive for a second, if they do only make it to the Europa League or if they maybe not even to the Europa League, I think that gives you a pretty clean exit to just do the thing that is needed and just do that whole rebuild that we all know that the team needs. And I think that is, I think that's where we're headed. I think we're headed for a couple of years of rebuilding and listen, it it had to happen at some point. It had to happen at some point. It just kind of sucks that it came, it came this particular depressing way that it's, it's getting here. But you know, I, I do think that that's what we're, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at you know, cu- couple of years of of barely making Europe, I guess. And not only is Sari looking a little better, he's also getting paid to do nothing, which is the dream and if you really what, think about it. What's the number? What's what was the number? It was reported on late earlier this week that Juventus over the last three years has spent forty million euros on coaches that were still under contract but not coaching the team. Between Allegri's last year and and Saudi this year, yeah, and that's entirely. <laughs> and, and there's gonna and unless Saudi decides to go coach Tottenham or something, there's gonna be even more. Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Come on, come on, you Spurs! Or or um, Arsenal! Come on! It's like one of you, just do it. Chuck, Get you're, you're hands, the, you're please. The, Chuck's, you're the imitation man on this on this podcast. Would you like to try and imitate Giorgio Chiellini talking about Tottenham a couple years ago? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't uh, have to uh, try. Uh, it is not very difficult. Uh, <laughs> actually, had a, I actually had a professor in, in university once that, that generally spoke like that. And I, I just couldn't go to classes anymore because I couldn't understand that thing. I genuinely, I didn't want to be like me. I genuinely couldn't understand it. So I didn't go to class anymore. I just read the lecture slides at home. So, well, anyway, I passed the class. Anyway, nobody cares. But, um, but no, to go back to, uh, to your discussion uh, between the two of you. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with both of you, basically. Probably do agree a little more with Sergio on this one in a sense that, you know, I think of the results that we've messed up this season in the league, uh, Juventus, and, you know, you think about two games against Benevento, uh, Cotone, Fiorentina. I mean, just like, you know, okay, one's messing up against teams like these, okay, but just uh, once there were like, what, three, four, five games against just... just it adds terrible. up, man. It adds <laughs> up. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, against, against teams like that, yeah, against teams like Cotone and, and you know... Torino and stuff and, and you know, relegation battling Torino, for God's sake. I mean, you know, Fiorentina twice, Benevento and stuff. You know, yeah, then when I think of that, I'm like, yeah, no, that's just not, that's that's inexcusable from Pirlo's perspective. And yeah, and, and like like uh, Sergio said, like they're, Sari still just about got this team functioning enough. And yeah, indeed, there were too many differences between this year's and last year's team. But at the end of the day, I think this team has enough talent to make top four without this much difficulty. Which, granted, okay, you know, Inter have been extremely good, obviously, this year. Atalanta, of course, uh, an incredible team. Lazio are still hanging in there, and, and Napoli. So other teams have been extremely competitive this year. But still, you know, this team has enough talent to not make such a big 
challenge out of it. And yeah, and then I think of also my kind of personal definition of the success of a coach, which is, you know, maximizing the resources, uh, maximizing the output from the resources you have at your disposal. And okay, not great resources <laughs> this year, definitely not, but I feel like there's not been that maximum of this team. Uh, in flashes here and there, probably the highest point of that was that second game against Barcelona in the uh, group stage. I think that was, I mean, I think till till this day, that game and the first game against Milan were probably the, yeah, the heights of this Juventus team, of Pirlo's Juventus team this year. But those were unfortunately just anomalies, really, except uh, instead of, you know, the norm, which is a real shame. We said the same kind of thing at the end of last season, back last summer. And obviously that was a little different circumstances where they're playing just so many games in such a short period of time. But we saw, you know, not to bring up Mauricio Sarri all the time, but we saw Sarri ball in flashes. We saw it maybe for a half here, a half there, maybe for the six inter years. Games. So, yeah. And then we, we saw it for, you know, 60 minutes and then maybe not for a couple more weeks. And then, you know, another, another flash. So we can say the same thing about Pirlo, but now it's really just giving me flashbacks to the final month or so of last season where it's just limping to the finish line where they just look, they look burnt out physically, they look burnt out mentally. And, you know, like the Udinese game, you waited for kind of that sense of urgency to click in when they fell behind, but that never happened this game outside of maybe the last couple of minutes when they're just in complete desperation it mode been... before it became three, nothing. And it just, nothing, nothing happened. And we joked, you know, we don't know if we, we think they can flip the switch anymore, but they really, even if they tried today, they wouldn't have done it. And like in years past, it would have been after Kessier missed the penalty. Like, yes, you know, that, yeah, that point, was the time point. to, that was the time to mount the, the, the fight. That was the time to go. Yeah. 100%. And then yeah. it was just nothing. And like, even then I, I, like until Rebic scored the second goal, I thought that neither team had played particularly well enough to say they deserved a win because, you know, Milan had gone on the one weird flappy play by, by Woj and, and everything else just kind of, you know, had been blah from both sides. I mean, that was a, I mean, Kessie's penalty was pretty awful. I mean, that was, you know, Woj has been pretty good about, saving penalties at you know at least guessing right which way they're going to go this year you know in his years with juventus but you know didn't take a world-class keeper to get that one out and and you know and that was the moment and they didn't seize it and none of the players that were there that have been taking the game by the that, that have the ability to take games by the scruff of the neck were ronaldo was absent morata just couldn't get anything going Quadrado couldn't do anything wide today. And, and again, just, you know, like we've been saying for the past three years now, the midfield could not produce anything through the middle. It was just Quadrado and Chiesa and Sandro hoofing crosses in and Kier and Tomori just heading them out. And that was, that was 90 minutes of worth of the football today. Cause we just don't have that player, th those kinds of players right now that can do it. Yeah, I, I agree with like the pen miss penalty being the turning point there in the game because a missed penalty, if, if a team misses a penalty, especially in such an important game, 1-0 up, you know, that you lose 
momentum from that. It's it's really a psychological blow, you know, missing a missing a penalty, which is you know, penalties are so fascinating, just psychologically speaking. Just like missing a penalty and then having Ibrahimovic have to come off right after that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Is, like that's a that's a double whammy there for that. And, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and and if there's any saving grace in actually getting to the Champions League, it might be the fact that you know with three games in 10 days coming up to end the season, it's not entirely certain whether or not Zlatan Ibrahimovic is going to be able to play in any of those games from Milan. And we'll see if they drop any points there, especially with their head to head against Atalanta. But yeah, there's, there's just, you know, not that everything is looking very, very grim right now. And I, I agree hundred percent with what both of you guys said, especially like the missed PK that, that to me was, a team that just couldn't like like you said I, I they just couldn't find the switch they just couldn't find the switch you could tell that the team was hyped uh the you know the one thing about not having fans in the stadium is that you could hear the audible roar of the entire Juventus bench like let's go like this is it this is the moment yes, that was and, very audible indeed <laughs> and and the, the 11 dudes on the pitch just couldn't, couldn't muster a thing I, I think that's you know not not to go back to the same thing but that to me, that's exactly when a more experienced coach just realizes that, like notices that this is the point and makes those subs and brings in the, the Paolo Dybala, brings in Dejan Kulusevsky. Not that Kulusevsky was all that great, but, you know, I mean, you do those changes, you bring in new people, try to get something out of, out of, the, out of the team, right? And I think that, you know, there was this one moment when Paolo Dybala was getting ready to come in and that's when the 2 nil like immediately before he's scheduled to come in, that's when they scored a second goal and they, they pan out to, to him. And he just looked so like incredibly down about that. And, you know, he just, he kind of goes back to the bench actually. Like I thought, Oh, so they're not bringing him in now. Like they're two now they're two down. So that he's not coming. Like that was just, it was just the saddest point you know, of the season. I think this is the worst loss that Juventus has had this year for sure. Maybe even in a couple of, of years of seasons because, you know, the Fiorentina game, they also lost by three, but that was, you know, Cuadrado gets himself red carded early and, you know, the whole team kind of gets gets bent out of shape. But this was, you had a full team, no particularly important injuries and the team that hasn't been able to beat you at home in a decade, you know, just absolutely throttles you by three scores i mean this is yeah it was it was probably the worst moment to be a yuba fan in a second in at least a couple of years so lots of lots of changes incoming fellas it's going to be an interesting interesting summer luckily for us we will have plenty of time to talk about it it seems and hopefully hopefully there's not impending doom from UEFA on top of it although it kind of seems like there there is at this point so uh, you know what what I think they should do is I think they should do that thing that like college programs do when they get in trouble but they're having a really bad season so they self like they self-report or like they self exclude themselves from the tournament just to to be like (laughs) okay I think they should do that I think this is exactly the moment to do that like they're going to take the blame. Okay, fine. It's our fault because we're not making it anyway. And then just write it out. I, I think this is exactly the moment to pull something like that. Well, if you want to compare corrupt 
institutions, the NCAA is pretty much right on there with UEFA. So, hey, <laughs> it's a good comparison, Sergio. Well done. <laughs> that that will wrap things up for this week. Before we go, and unfortunately, because we're such in a disgruntled mood, I couldn't mention it. Couldn't have mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. But the Juventus women, shout out, shout out, shout out to them for actually giving Fabulous. us some, some Juventus joy. There's Sergio. your there's your hashtag, Sergio. Sergio, how would you rate their celebration hashtag? Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was it, it was as nonsensical as all the other ones. I, I enjoyed it. Good, good job. Good <laughs> job. Good <laughs> so shout out to the Juventus women. Four straight Serie A title for them. Four in four years of existence. So that says it all right there. They are your current good mood story at the club, seeing as the men are pretty much the opposite these days. So as always, you can listen to us on Apple iTunes and Apple Podcast. Search Black and White and Red All Over. You can also do the same on Spotify and Google Podcasts. We will have Twitter questions returning next week. You can send in Twitter questions at Juventus Nation or follow us on Facebook at Black and White and Red All Over. So we'll be coming to you guys next week after another game against the Milan team. Hopefully that goes a wee bit better than this one, although I'm sure... Antonio Conte would love nothing more than putting a nail in Juventus' Champions League hopes. So, on that note, for Sam Lopresti, for Chucks, and for Sergio Romero, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>